right, good day to you. My name is Fred Oakman, and as always with me today is Mr. Jake Peters. We are PS This Is Awesome, a PlayStation podcast, and this is episode 171. This is a show where we share our feelings about the current state of PlayStation. But before we get on with the show, I want to invite you all to subscribe to our channel on YouTube, which is youtube.com slash PS This Is Awesome. Visit us on Twitter at PS This Is Awesome and Tumblr at PS This Is Awesome.tumblr.com. If you want to make fun of our trophy lists on the PSN, you can find me at anchorless underscore 81 and Mr. Jake Peters at jakesaw01. As always, you can write the show at awesome at gmail.com, but most importantly, don't forget to share the show with your friends. Be sure to leave comments and rate the podcast as you see fit. For today's show, we're going to discuss the games we've been playing, the newly announced PS Plus games coming in March, Sony's recent state of play, which has just aired, and news about Japan Studios, plus so much more. So please, if you're listening to the podcast and not watching this on YouTube, we ask that you head over there to indulge in some of our daily video content. You can find that at youtube.com slash PS This Is Awesome, and we just put up another video for our series called The Takeaway for Immortals Phoenix Rising. Jake did a good job on that video. I pieced it together. He did the VO, and it is now on there for everybody to relish and enjoy. Though the game was has been out for a little bit, it's still relatively recent, so we do uh, ask that our listeners go check it out. Give us a thumbs up. Put a comment in there. Get the algorithms working in our favor. And then on this Friday, we're going to be dropping another video for the Takeaway series that I put together for Little Nightmares 2. So be on the lookout for that. I feel those videos are going to get better and better as we slowly do them and learn the best way to approach them. Uh, Just to give you guys an idea, it took me about three hours to edit a five-minute video for Little Nightmares 2. So it does take a while to do, which is why they're a little more sporadic. And we are going to try to get you one of those every Friday, but we can't promise that. But right now, we've been pretty good with it. With that all out of the way, Jacob, how are you doing today, sir? Excuse me. (laughs) The perfect Um, timing. I... uh... Today, I was telling you earlier that I went to work early because I had to leave early because I had to do tax stuff. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I decided to go to the gym for the first time since fucking COVID started. Yeah. And I've been playing hockey, so it's not like I'm out of shape. I'm in shape. It's just that I haven't done any weight training at all. And you do use muscles, and I do get sore when I play hockey, but like, targeted weight training and like it dude i when i got home my fucking upper body hurt so bad and it's not like i was really overdoing it too i was taking it easy and so i took a shower and then i kind of like i was like i'm just gonna lay down just for a second to kind of rest my muscles and i just fell asleep Mm. and i woke up like half an hour later and i was just super groggy like i don't know about you but i basically refused to take a nap after about one or two o'clock in the afternoon because I hate like sleep, like falling asleep and then waking up when it's like late afternoon or the sun's starting to go down. Yeah. But, uh, well, it messes up your sleep schedule, right? It messes up your sleep schedule. You went and did some, some, uh, strength training, which is always a good idea for the listeners, but make sure you're doing it in a way that you know what you're doing. I was uh, really big into runner la- uh, running last year in the summer before, and it's been really difficult for me to kind of reintegrate into running, if that makes any sense. So I went out two days ago, you know, and it, granted, it's 30 degrees here. So I went out for a one mile run, which isn't a lot for the average person, but I do turn 40 this year. 
So I went out for a mile run, and I went, and uh, it felt good. I wasn't exactly winded. They put a new footbridge up by my house, so that was fun to run across. A little scary because it's one of those bridges where, like, if you're walking slow enough and looking at your feet, you can't see through the little the little slats between the things that you're walking on. But if you're moving at a pretty good clip, it almost looks like you're running on air. And, like, you're, like, really high up. And, like, I got on there. I was like, oh, God, just run faster. This is creepy. I'm not a fan of heights. And uh, it freaked me out a little bit. So I, I went out. I did a two-mile run today after work. Work was a crazy day today. Uh, just did some routine doctor stuff today and uh, did some game stuff this past week. Your brother Josh was on the last episode, episode 170. He and I played the Dark Pictures Anthology Little Hope together. And I might have him back on to talk about that. You know, we may, but that game's a little older. But needless to say, it has alternate endings. And it just felt like the ending rushed out of nowhere. And I was less impressed with Little Hope than I was with Man of Medan. It was still fun. It was a fun experience. We probably shaved off a good two, three hours by playing online together. Because it, at some points, the way the game's made up is that I, I would play a character story arc, like a mini story arc, while he's playing a different mini. So, for instance, his characters were like in a police station at one point, and mine were like in a grocery store. So I was experiencing the grocery store stuff, he's playing the police station stuff, and then we met in the middle after like, you know, maybe a half hour or 35 minutes of gaming. Now we stayed on the voice chat. But we felt compelled to be like, okay, what are you seeing? Are you watching this cutscene? Because we never knew what the other person was watching. Sometimes we would get the same cutscenes. Other times we wouldn't. And the goal uh, was kind of to work together to keep everybody in the party alive. So in that respect, it was interesting and kind of refreshing. But the game itself wasn't fantastic by any stretch of the imagination. There was one ending. So after we played it, I got on YouTube and watched all the endings, right? And there was one ending that was so fitting. Like, the game kind of builds it up without spoiling it to, like, this moment, like, where everything's going to come to a head. And for Josh and I, it was like, nothing fucking happened. Like, we just kind of, like, got an ending. And it was like, okay, what happened? And the cinematic we got just implied that something happened that maybe didn't. Or maybe it did and it wasn't clear. And this is a game that's strictly based on story. And we were like, uh, did it glitch out on us? And the game did crash twice on us. Maybe because we're playing the PS4 version on a PS5. Maybe we're doing the online stuff. But it, it was really it was really kind of an unfortunate experience because I was really looking forward to it. So beat Little Hope. I beat Castlevania 2. And I put a two-minute video of me just kicking the shit out of Dracula and Simon's Quest. And then I beat Unravel, which I continue to get confused with Tearaway, the titles, not the games themselves. And I think I might piece together an Unravel takeaway video. Just I know it's an older game, but I, I found it really charming. And, you know, if I have the video stuff for it, we might as well put it on there and start building up the YouTube channel a little bit more. So if you haven't subscribed, make sure you go like our YouTube channel, subscribe to it. Jake, what are you playing right now? What Are you doing anything? Video game wise, yeah, I I'm getting close to the end of. Uh, actually, I just triggered the final mission for Miles Morales. Oh, but um, I didn't realize that story in that game was so short. Yeah, it's a short game. Uh, it's abbreviated. But uh, I've been I wanted I've been wanting to go around and basically hundred percent the map mm. before I do the final mission. Um. I don't know. I might decide to go through and platinum it. The only thing that I, the only thing that annoys me about it is that 
I hate when games are like they have one trophy that's like beat the game on new game plus. And it's like, there's no incentive other than just play it twice. That's literally, that's literally the trophy play it twice. And I'm just like, that's fucking stupid. I mean, maybe I, I guess maybe you might need to anyway, in order to get all of the points to unlock all the armor Abilities, or the suits and everything suits. like that. Um, but I'm really, I'm really enjoying it. Honestly, it's a great I, game. I'm curious how Spider-Man two, like mainline Spider-Man two is going to work because I feel like they really have a great character and a different kind of tone with Miles Morales Mm. that in the power set is really interesting. I I don't remember really the combat too much in Spider-Man because it's been so long since I played it, but like, it seems like in Miles Morales, they kind of make it you a little bit weaker, but then they give you that ability to just kind of turn invisible and then you can kind of escape and then regroup yeah. and kind of come back. Yeah, it's nice. Um, which is really interesting. And I like the Venom powers, which I don't know why they're called Venom powers because he's it's like electricity. I, I don't really understand it that portion of it. It must be comic book stuff or something that we don't know. It could be. I, I know that the his like sidekick that helps him, his little buddy, is the one that comes up with it, but I can't remember like his reasoning. I don't think it was anything profound. But uh, so I've been playing that, and then I've also because I wanted, I was like, I want to play something a little bit more relevant. Um, so I picked up a game that I think just came out this week called Curse of the Dead Gods. Dude, and I've never even heard of that. It it's been in early access on Steam, I guess, for a while now, but it just released either this past Tuesday or the Tuesday before that. It's on PlayStation? Yeah. And it's pretty fucking cool. Like I don't know how much you would like it. It's it's a roguelike game. So it's did you play Rogue Legacy at all? I get, you know, let's clarify for both myself and the readers. There's rogue-like with a K and there's rogue-lite with a T. And I'm not even sure what you said it was, but I don't know the difference at this point in my life. What what are the differences? So I, I think that rogue-lite is what most of people mean when they're talking about these games. Like even Rogue Legacy and stuff is it, it's like a so rogue was a game way back in the day where you like traversed a it was like an rpg where you traversed like a procedurally generated dungeon and then like every time you died it's like the game was over and you had to start from the beginning yeah. and everything was procedurally generated and it was just this kind of this grind this churn you know um rogue light i think implies that there are persistent elements in the game that allow you to like maintain progress, even though you're kind of starting over from scratch every time. And also I think it implies a little bit of uh, like, how big is the game? Is it like a kind of a smaller game or is it this real long game, you know? So, but don't quote me on that either. Cause I'm not an expert at the definition. Yeah. Either, but I can't th- it's stand been, some of these definitions. It's been defined as rogue light, I believe, with a T. Um, but essentially, what it is is uh, one of the things I like about it is there's like no story really. It just kind of like drops you in and you just play. Like it's kind of really arcadey in that way. Mm-hmm. And 
it's you start out and you like you're like an adventurer and you find this temple and you go inside of it and immediately upon entering this temple you end up getting cursed and you have to get basically the goal is to get to the end of these levels there's so many levels i can't remember there's it's in the shape of a pyramid on the map so there's one two three four five six seven eight nine i think there's like nine or ten levels and each level is procedurally generated but once you beat a level it Ex, ex, uh, acknowledges that you've finished that level. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And y- there are tiers of levels. Right. So, like, the first tier, you can choose whichever one you want in that tier, but you have to complete so many before it unlocks the next tier. Yeah. And the way that the levels work, it's it's pretty clever. The way that it works is that you start out and you go into, you go through the door into the level, and it's basically a bunch of rooms, so it starts out and you're, you, you pick a, the map, the way that the map for a particular level works is imagine like a, like a, like, like think of like a, like a story tree or something like that, where it has like all of these starting points and then a bunch of branching paths. And then they might all convene to like a single ending point, but like how you get there could be different ways. Do you understand what I mean? Like, can you picture that on a piece of paper? Yeah, like, like a flow a chart tree. almost or something. Yeah. Yeah, like almost like a family tree or something where it's like, you know, it branches out or whatever. So, I'm trying to imagine all these things you're saying, you're throwing at me. So, so when it starts out, you basically get to pick one of the rooms that you want to start in. And what it is, is you basically just decide what you want is far part of your strategy and it'll give you a symbol like this room has gold in it this room has a new weapon in it this right. room has a whatever an upgrade in it or a, a stat increase in it some leads and so you pick yeah right so you pick that and then when you beat that room and you get to the next level what it will do is now that room that you previously picked now it gives you a branching path and it's like what do you want? What next room do you want? Right. And then you go to that one and then you kind of keep going until you get to the top. And at the very top, there's a boss battle. And when you beat the boss, then you beat the level. Okay. But the whole way through, you can't die through that whole thing. And there's not really much in the way of like healing abilities and things like that. So you have to be really like the combat is relatively strategic, kind of like Spider-Man where there's a lot of dodging and parrying and things like that. Um, you have to like learn the enemy's attacks and stuff, mm. but in a very like relatively light fashion. And there are all these uh, traps and stuff that you have to avoid because they'll do damage to you as well. Um, there's a lot of, there's like a, it's kind of a, it's weird. It's kind of a lot to explain. I if anybody says this game sounds wildly this. complex, but it's probably what kind of is it a platformer? Like what what kind of no, game? It's like it's like a like an isometric like action RPG. So imagine like Diablo or something. Okay, but like so it's like isometric, and you're running around. These rooms are like little mini dungeons, maybe like a few different sections long, and you have to go through and kill all the bad guys. And usually in there, like I said whatever the symbol for that room is, maybe there's a bunch of gold in there. Maybe there's a, a relic that buffs your character. or Maybe there's a new weapon or whatever. Yeah. Um, and that kind of defines that, you know, they call it a room, but it's like a collection of, it's like a little teeny mini stage. Yeah. Um, 
And so you kind of go through that and then you kind of pick your path all the way to the top going through all these rooms. And there are, there is one specific type of room that's essentially a healing zone um, that allows you to heal your character. Yeah. But there's a cost to healing your character. Okay. In the form of becoming more cursed. So uh, the flip side of this and the whole like curse of the dead gods thing is yeah. that every time you go through a doorway and even there are other elements, other aspects of the game that will do this to you as well, you gain more and more of a curse points on yourself. I don't really know how to describe it, but you become more cursed. Right. And there's a bar that goes zero to a hundred. And every time you fill that bar you gain a curse on yourself and it's like a it's like a essentially like a debuff or like a thing that changes the world for that playthrough and you get up to you can get up to five on any given playthrough and once you get the fifth one your health just like constantly decreases until you die so but the curses are weird things like um like uh like I'm trying to think of one of them. I think one of them is like um you you do more damage in the dark, for example, but you do less damage whenever you're in the light. Right. So like it's harder to see or whatever. Like there's almost a boon to less- it. Yeah. So so sometimes there is some there is an aspect of it that helps you out if your play style is is kind of going that way. But a lot of times there's a flip side to it that kind of fucks you in certain circumstances. Wow, that like, sounds crazy, some, man. Yeah, like sometimes it'll be something like uh, like you can no longer do like a dodge of some type or whatever. Yeah. So like it, sometimes it can be really kind of wonky. But uh, the thing that the thing that I really and they must have play test this game enough to realize that this is kind of a part of the balance or whatever. But when you beat so in most roguelike games, like for Rogue Legacy, for example, it's just one giant map. Yeah. And you just play through the, and you try to beat all the bosses of the map on right. w- without dying right. to beat that. That's kind of more like a roguelike, right? So it's more of like this big thing that you got to get through without dying. And you just power up more and more and more and more every time you play through. So eventually you get beefy enough that you can go through and kind of steamer all these bosses. Yeah. In this, like if you get to the end of a like a what I call a level, which is like a series of rooms to a final boss, when you beat that final boss and you go kick back out to the hub world, it's like not really a hub world, but it's like the starting point. Um, you still lose all your shit and have to start all over again. So, like I was thinking that when I would when I beat a boss, oh, I'd get to keep all the weapons and buffs and everything that I have and I can move on to the next world kind of with an advantage. But that's not the way that it works. It kicks you out and you have to start over again with no character buffs, basic weapons, like all this stuff whenever you go to play the next level. Yeah, right, right, right. So, but there are things you do get to keep like there are these relics and stuff that kind of stick to your character once you unlock them. Um, but it's really interesting. It's got this really neat, like graphic novel. It kind plays of art well, style. like the handling's good. Yeah. It handles really great. And I ne- literally never heard of, there's this a lot game of before. games like that, right? There's just a lot of shit out there that like, unless you step off the cliff or whatever, you'll never find. There's- well, and the thing is, is that I didn't, I never heard of it before. And I actually saw a post on PlayStation blog and I was like, 
on PlayStation blog, a lot of times they'll promote games that I'm not all that interested in. Like a lot of these indie titles and stuff. But when I saw this one, I was like, that looks kind of cool. And then I like looked up video of it and I was like, wow, that looks pretty awesome. And then I decided, and it was, it was on sale for PS plus members for like 10% off or something Mm. like that. So I decided to pick it up and, uh, I've been really enjoying it. I don't know if I'll get, I don't know if I'll beat it because it's one of those things where it's like my patience is only so It'll long for, welcome. for something like that where you have to keep like Grinding. it was the same thing happened with uh, don't starve. Yeah. I really like don't starve. It's a great game, mm-hmm. but it eventually you get to a point where you're just sick of like building something up and then fucking dying because something cheap happens, and then you have to start all over from You know scratch. what game really did that well? Like, that was kind of like Don't Start, but was a little bit... The Flame and the Flood was really good. Like, yeah. there were checkpoints, and you felt momentum and progress as you played that game. But, like, it also wasn't easy, but it wasn't super hard. And But, like, yeah, there was survival. It was, like, one of those survival games. Well, Jake, speaking of PlayStation blog and PlayStation stuff that's dropping and that have, that has happened, we are going to discuss the PlayStation State of Play, which aired on February 26th. And you are listening to this on Monday, so it was last week. But I did a live reaction to it, which you can find over on our YouTube channel. I didn't have a whole lot to say about it. Let's run through the games that they talked about briefly about this, if you don't mind. And then we have some other news points to talk about. We uh, we got a glimpse of Crash 4, right? They started it off with Crash 4. I didn't know what they were going to show in the state of play. They kind of dropped it out of nowhere. I was hoping for... I don't know honestly what I was hoping for. I, I didn't really have any expectations. They, they said they were going to announce some new games. I guess I was just hoping some sort of bomb. They're going to drop some sort of thing awesome on us. And uh, I think they think they did, but I don't know ultimately that the fans really felt like it. they really dropped anything relatively awesome on us. So the Crash 4, it looked really sweet, right? It looked really good. Do you remember what – did you do you watch this, right, or no? Yeah, I watched it. Yeah, so were you impressed with the Crash Force video they showed? I mean, it looked good. It looked great, but I'm yeah, not a no, Crash, Crash fan. I'm not really a Crash fan either, but the game looks really good. I mean, it's yeah. they basically – I don't know if you you really said, but it's an update, a PS5 update for it. Yeah, yeah, right. I didn't say that, but you're correct. It looks good. looks like it runs really smooth. I uh, – again, not a big fan of Crash. Not I don't have anything against it. I just don't really like the, the gameplay, the game style. Yeah, Susumi, whatever. Next up, they showed Returnal. Which is House Mark's game, which again is set at a seventy dollar price point. I um, I don't need to see any more of this game, but we did learn something this time around. What I thought was we're talking about these roguelikes, roguelikes, these Bloodborne Souls games, all this shit that like is like so uh, hip and like ever you can't. It's almost hard to buy a game that doesn't like subscribe to that kind of gameplay anymore, right? So the one concern I had about Returnal was it like it was just going to be like a Bloodborne or a Dark Souls wannabe game that was more space age. So two things about Returnal we learned number one is it's going to be really heavily story based it seems like which is a little out of the norm for that style of game and number two it's going to be each time you die it's going to be procedurally generated. And I think a lot of those games don't do that. Am I right or wrong about that? 
Are you sure it's procedurally generated? Yeah. They actually they specifically said that. Yeah, it's going to change every time you uh, reincarnate. But I I don't know that I don't think the map changes. I think just like how many enemies there are and are where they're located sure? and all that stuff. I'm I'm pretty sure that's what they said. Well, we be, we better fact check ourselves because I don't know. Pretty that's a pretty huge thing for them to procedurally generate a map. Is well, a game like is this crazy is that like just just thinking about like the way mm-hmm. like how hard it is to just build that 3D world something that looks that good. Yep. I have a hard time believing that they're procedurally generating the map, but definitely I I know they said like what enemies there are and where they're located and all that kind of stuff. Well, I think is I'm going to look it up. Why don't you talk about the next one on the list? So I guess, you know, the one thing I was going to say just about Returnal was that I honestly am sort of disappointed that this is going to have roguelike attributes. I really didn't want this to be that. I mean, I guess I kind of assumed it was going to be just because of the nature of like so about Returnal, right? About her, like just basically, she keeps waking up over and over again and doing the same shit over. Mm-hmm. I just hope that it's it doesn't lean on that so heavily that I quit before I get all the story. That's what I'm really concerned about, uh, and hopefully, like they they have a good checkpoint system in it. They kind of they kind of ease up on the the rogue like aspect of it. Um, but it looks great. The combat looks fun. It looks like a really cool game. So I, I still am excited for it. Yeah. Um, well, here I have, I have, game, well, I have an update and then you can talk about the next one. So on Eurogamer, it says they had an interview with Harry Kruger, who's involved with uh, Returnal, right? And the question they threw at him was, you've gone the procedural route as well, which is really interesting. This is from Eurogamer.net. It's a game with a really strong sense of atmosphere. How'd you maintain that sense of atmosphere while not making it look like it's just cookie cutter elements coming together? His response is, so yes, our world is procedurally generated, but the way that we've created it is that we have these individual blocks or individual rooms or levels, and those are carrying the mood and the world building right of the game. And then we just configure and shuffle those around in randomized ways each time that you play the game. So you still get exposed to the same kind of storytelling beats over multiple sessions, but it's just that the timing of when you encounter these will be altered. And this is actually something that is recognized by our narrative as well. So it's not just a gameplay thing. It's actually part of our story that Celine, our central character, is trapped in this time loop. And each time she awakens, the world is different. She She's like a rat trapped in an ever-changing maze. It has been very important to us to maintain that world building in that mood and develop the story more across each session that the players engage in. So it's it's procedural like Diablo's procedural where it's like Diablo okay, 2, have, right? We just talked about this last episode. Yeah, so you have like these kind of chunks that are the same but you kind of move them around. Yeah. Um I got to be honest like the the whole like dying and reliving the same fucking thing it's over and over so again. It's getting so old in game. It's getting old. I mean, they literally in the same press conference talked about Deathloop which is the exact same thing. Yeah, the the theme and like the 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 kind of the, the aesthetic and like the, the setting and everything yeah, right. and like what you're doing is is completely different. But like this whole idea of like, oh, I died. I gotta do it all over again until I figure it out. You it's know like it's Bloodborne, like, Demon Souls. It's you know in in the Groundhog Day thing. It's oh just God. Very, tried at this point this is the thing i think like it was really really innovative and creative about three or four years ago right 
That was like when it hit, and people were like, oh my god, people love this style of game. And then all these developers are like, well, let's make one. And then three or four years later, here we are, and that's all we're getting. It's kind of ridiculous. Go ahead, talk about the next one. So the next game is a game that I actively tried to care about when the trailer was on, but could not give too much care towards. Yeah, and I, I don't want to be mean because the game looks fine, but it's called Knockout City, and it's essentially like an online multiplayer dodgeball game. And it's the one positive thing that I will say about it is that I liked that they were able to make an animated uh, visual style that does not look like fucking Fortnite. Yeah. And like, it does look a little bit different and they're kind of, and, and I do applaud the fact that they're, they're kind of making a concept that is new. I mean, dodgeball is not new. That's been around forever, but like making a video game about it is pretty interesting and kind of what they're trying to do seems interesting. <coughs> Excuse me. But uh, I just, it doesn't look like there's enough there to make people want to play it. Right. It's like, it, like if, to me, it's like a very, it's, it's like if Destruction All-Stars was dodgeball, was like a little bit less, you know what yeah. I mean? And I, and I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to talk down on this game because I've never played it. None of us and, and I'm sure it. it's fun, but like, I just, I don't know, man. It, this seems like one of those games that's destined to die, and I feel bad for the people that make this type of yeah. stuff. On my uh, on my re- live reaction, I saw this, and I was just like, I, I don't care about this. And the thing is, it's not because it wasn't bloody or cool or not because of this. It's just like, I, I don't know who the audience is for that. Like, I, I, it, I don't see that, but oh, yeah, take my money. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like that's a weird. Well, yeah, a weird it seems genre. like a lot of. It seems like a lot of these games. Like even um, the one what I just had a freaking brain fart. The no. one I just mentioned. Yeah, return Returnal. No, 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 no. The the uh, the one with the cars and the smashing. And yeah, the, yeah. Destruction All Stars. Destruction All Stars. Yeah, they're all trying to capture that that uh, um. That movie that came out where like everybody gets put in the middle and then you just survive. No, the fucking car game, this car soccer game. Oh, Rocket League. Yeah, they're trying to capture the Rocket League thing, right? And it's not going to happen. Rocket League was fucking lightning in a bottle. Like that is not going to happen again. You can't recreate that. And like it, it's it. And, and like I t- we talked about this before when we were talking about Destruction All Stars. Like the reason Rocket League is so good is because it's so simple. Yeah, and yeah. I think that. Dude, this you know, dude, this knockout city game. Did you see all of the mechanics? They they're like you can boost your comp- opponent, and he can launch over people. And then if he has a special weapon or dodgeball, he can dial in with the sniper dodgeball. And then, but if he unlocks the other one, he can do this, and you guys can team up and play it like this and that. And it's like, what the hell? Are you what are you doing? Like, do you remember back in the day, like the NES game, Super Super Dodgeball? Do you remember yeah. playing that? It was literally. Yeah. A 2D game with one team on one side and the other team on the other side, and every character on the team had their own attributes. Like some guys could like throw it really hard, some people were really good at defense and catching the ball, some could like do the special throw, and it was just like it was so cool, it was so simple, and everybody loved Super Dodgeball in the NES. And now they try to come out and just like this is like one of those things where it's like if it ain't fixed, don't if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Like it just seems so weird that a dodgeball game's coming out. 
I don't know. Whatever. Next one. Sifu. S-I-F-U. Is it almost looks on. They implied that it's almost like a die and repeat kind of game. I don't know if you picked up on this. The guy yeah, gets knocked looks, out. That's what it looks like. The guy yeah. gets knocked out and he doesn't have a beard. And then he wakes up and he's got a beard in the same floor he got knocked out on. And he's fighting the same people over and over. And it looks like a punching, kicking game, like a, a martial arts kind of game. I don't even it know. Be, it looks cool, but it, it would be interesting if that was like a mechanic of the game where it's like every time he dies, he like ages. And then <laughs> maybe like if you don't get far enough or whatever, he dies. Or you become something. like a grandpa. Like, you become like this wizened old free, or maybe like as you get older, you get like more powerful because you're like this become this Kung Fu master or something like they, they could do something cool with it. But the trailer didn't do anything for me. Like it literally did nothing for me. They didn't show enough of it to make me actually, first of all, even really know what the hell this game is other than like a guy running around punching people or like, you know, really have me care about what's going yeah. on. Well, the word Sifu is Cantonese. I don't know if you knew that. And it is actually the title for and the role of a skillful person or a master. Now, maybe they're implying that like it takes years and years and years to become the best of something, right? With the title of that. So maybe the aging thing is part of it. Like every time you get down, you get a little older and you get more better at it. You get It's about getting kicked down and getting back up and learning this thing. But like, it, it, I mean, I mean graphically I mean, it looked cool, but like I mean, I mean, it's kind of an interesting spin, though. Like, at least they're trying to put a spin on this concept as opposed to like, you know, this whole thing where it's just like I fucking died and then I woke up and I tried again and I died and I woke up. They need to make a game. Dude, what if they made a game like Bloodborne that looks really badass and medieval, right? And it's called like Incarnate or something like that. And you go, and you don't know they, – they don't release any promo on this thing. It just looks awesome. You see a couple screenshots like, oh, God, and they just advertise it. And you die, and you come back as a puppy, and the rest of the game is like you're just a puppy, and you're doing stupid shit like like like, like the game Stray that's coming out. Like you're just walking around in some, some town in, in Japantown, and you're just a puppy. <laughs> like in the game, and you die as a puppy, and you come back, you can reincarnate as like, I don't know, something else, like a butterfly, and you're floating around. Like what if they had a game like that? That would actually be kind of cool actually uh it could be really funny though a really funny they, like joke they about- could almost make like a like a tokyo jungle-esque kind of game where it's like when you die you reincarnate as something else yeah and you have like try to like rogue legacy's big thing was when you die and you come back you have like a different birth defect which is really fucking funny yeah but uh it's not a birth <laughs> defect but it's like a like a weird attribute that that and, is not uh, helpful, right? Right, and like like one of them is you're colorblind, so like the world is in black and white yeah. when you're running. That's around. kind it's of like fun. weird stuff like that. It's it's like they made it fun, yeah. But uh, but like if you could like respawn and you're just a different fucking species altogether, like you have to now you're like a freaking tiger, and you, right. so now I have the advantage because I'm a predator. I can like attack things. Or like, oh, you come back and you're like a mouse. Well, it's like, well, I'm small and I'm quick, but dude, this is a great idea. This is a great idea. Yeah, exactly. Like idea. You just come back as a different thing, dude. It's a the same idea. level, but a different thing. Like the yeah, same world. We should make, we, nobody steal that. <laughs> <laughs> it is a cool idea. All right. Next up, we had a game called Solar Ash. This game looks really pretty. It's by the people who made Hyperlight Drifter, and uh, again, uh, it, this game looks more and more like Gravity Rush every time I see it. 
And it just uh, it doesn't do anything for me. This game's not doing it for me either. People seem excited about it, but I'm not excited for this. It's made by the guys that did Hyperlight Drifter, and Hyperlight Drifter was one of those games that looked really cool. Solar Ash looks really cool. Yeah. But to me, it looks like... I don't know. It almost looks like a... I don't want to say a poor man's journey, but it's got journey-esque attributes to it. Mm -hmm. And then, like... Like, it's got journey-style gameplay, but they put, like, kind of a narrative... Like, like an actual, like, standard kind of arc to it. Right. And... I don't know. I just, I don't know that I really am all that interested in it. It's just one of those games that like, it's hard for me to get into the, the kind of wander around kind of games anymore. Yeah. You know, like, 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 like a similar game that came out that I think actually looks fucking awesome is that why am I having such a fucking hard time with game names this tonight? The one, the one where you're like shooting a bow. Do you know which one? It came out like with the, like yeah, launched the Pathless. The Pathless. Yeah, I'm that so good today. I'm on point. Awesome. It's because I went for a run. I know, man. Your brain's I got fired my mental up. Mine's, going. Mine's <laughs> withering. Apparently. That game does look good. I'd like to try that game. Pathless looks great. It's got but, good, uh, rev- good reviews too. Yeah, and everybody loves it. And they say it like visually looks great and it plays yeah. great and everything. Yeah, but like I feel like this is like that. But they're talking about flow and combat and stuff. Yeah. But it just doesn't look that fun to play. Yeah. I don't know. I yeah. mean, they're like and then they're like, oh, like the bosses are all these big monsters. Almost like maybe the bosses are like a the boss looked like, like a the Shadow character the from Colossus Knack. kind of thing. What he looked like Knack. The boss they showed looked like Knack. Oh, yeah, kind of. The big snake thing. <laughs> yeah, it's like you fight um, Nag. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, I like I'm sure it's I'm sure it's going to be a good game. It just doesn't look interesting to me. Right. No. Yeah. And they got to be careful. I mean, th- this state of play really seemed like me. It was a little off the rails. I, I think they missed their mark. The next game we got was Five Nights at Freddy's Security Breach. Nothing about this looked good to me. I, I'm just not well, interested. This is actually a pretty big announcement. I mean, I don't. Maybe people knew this was going to happen already, but Five Nights at Freddy's is like this absolutely fucking enormous Twitch title. Like people, like I, like why uh, Sarah's cousin? Why is it such a big no, deal? Granted, these are younger, younger kids. Like Sarah's cousin, who's in her early teens. Well, she's in her mid-teens now, but like couple years ago when she was here like all she was watching was streams of people playing the original five nights at freddy's and all this like it was a big thing i don't understand it's like it's like this weird first person like you're a kid but you're stuck in like this crazy arcade and these like animatronic animals are trying to like kill you and stuff or at least like capture you or something and you're trying to escape like the band at chuck e cheese comes to life yeah, it's like it's targeted towards that like tween audience. Yeah. That's it's got like and I'm not trying to be disparaging in any way. I'm just saying that like, you know, it's it's targeting that kind of audience where it's like it's like horror like kid horror. You know right. what I mean? Right. And I think it's very streamable and and it's very Popular. What I'm saying is, it's very popular with a large audience that is maybe not our demographic. That'll be cool if it does good stuff. So yeah, all right, fair enough. I didn't know much about it. Next up, we had Odd World Soulstorm, 
And again, I'm not an Odd World fan. I mean, I, I I love the fact that they're still doing this game. I think there's some super fans of this series. And uh, just in FYI, we're going to get to this in a little bit, but it is one of the free PS Plus games in March. April, I think. Right? April. What month are we in now? It doesn't come out. We're we're coming into March. It's weird. April. It's weird how they announced it because they're like, it's yeah. going to be free for PS Plus. In April, and I'm like, okay, well, that's two months from now, but I guess that's when it releases, so yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Oddworld is one of those things that I really want to like, but like, if the gameplay just doesn't really do it's it. It's like for Lemmings me. meets Mario or something. I don't know. It's but weird. it seems like this game gives you a little bit more escort agency. Mission. Like, what's that? So the whole game's an escort mission. Yeah, but it seems like this game gives you a little bit more agency as far as, like, you can collect items and craft things, and you can play, like, uh, Lauren Lanning, who is the guy that created Oddworld, was talking, and he was talking about how, like, in this game you can, maybe this was a thing in other games, but I don't know, I'm not an Oddworld fan, but, like, you can choose whether it be lethal or non-lethal, try and be stealth or, Mm. or try to kill bad guys, like... Yeah, I think I think they're trying to put a little bit more of an act, active spin on it. That's cool. And uh, I don't know. Like, I, I would like to try it, but I don't have a lot of faith that – Not, I'm sure it's going to be a good game. Mm-hmm. I just – I don't have a lot of faith that I'm going to like it just because I don't really care for Oddworld yeah. that much. Anybody watching on YouTube probably heard me say, hey, the whole game's an escort mission. I have a Last of Us hoodie on, and I'm drinking out of a Last of Us mug. And that's all the Last of Us is, is an escort mission. Not really, game. though, because Ellie can't die. That's true. So an escort mission implies that you have to protect her from dying. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, you, you know, are, but you're not, right? Let's, let's be no, real about in it. In the, the narrative, you're protecting right. her, but she literally cannot die in the game. Spoiler, when you can't kill Ellie. <laughs> All, right. All right. Next up, uh, Kenna Bridge of Spirits. Now, this was the one game that I It looks I awesome, dude. I'll, Here, I'll, I'll be honest with you. It looks awesome. Let me say this, and I'll let you go on your tear. The internet is on fire about this game. Everybody's like, oh, Ken, I want to see more. I want to see more. This game looks amazing. This game looks fantastic. It's so beautiful. It looks like a Zelda game for the PS5. It looks like this. All I want to say right now is temper your expectations because... Because they have not announced how long this game's going to be. We've seen very minimal gameplay, and we don't really know what this game is. Now, it does look awesome, but they just announced that the price point's 40 bucks for this game. So it's going to be an abbreviated game. It has to be. There's no way this is a full-on game at that level of detail and quality. And there's some Dude, of 40 bucks. Ratchet and Clank 2016 was forty bucks. I and get that it. Game was fucking I awesome. Just don't but, think. Well, well, here's here's why I would say temper your expectations. The game looks awesome in trailer form. Yeah. You know why? Because the studio making it is a film studio, not a game studio. This oh. is the first game they've ever made. So when I when I say temper your expectations, I'm saying this game could literally play like shit because the studio has never yep. made a game before. It could be like the Order 1886. But the cinematics, the Look animations, awesome. all that stuff looks great. Like I and with the thing with like those little like fuzzball things, mm. like that's got plushy screaming all over it. You know what I mean? Yeah. That you could just that you could buy. Like, but and and I'll be honest with you, the last year or so, I've been dying for games that just make me feel good to play. Yeah, that's I why know. you know I've talked about Phoenix so much and Immortals: Phoenix Rising. Yeah. Now I mentioned in my, in my takeaway, which launched. I guess it's today for us, but it will have been the previous Friday. Whenever this long, this just Friday, it came out. Yeah, 
Yeah. And, uh, you know, I talk about one of the things that I love about it is that the humor in it. And this game seems like one of those games that could potentially be kind of a feel good kind of story. Yeah. Yeah, There's going to be dark moments in it. Obviously they show that in the trailer, but it seems like a very uplifting kind of like feel good, you know, underdog story, which may be sort of like a recipe in its own for the game's success, even if it's not all that great, just because people are sort of down in the dumps with the COVID shit over the last year. Yes, sir. Yeah, that game looks good. I'm excited for it. Deathloop was up next. I thought, dude, I thought that this showing of Deathloop was the best it's looked. I do like the the soundtrack act that they took with the trailer. It's very like it's got this weird like James Bond James Bond esque kind of like like soundtrack with the the weird like animation cuts and yeah, all that stuff, yeah. which are really cool. The gameplay um, looked good. This game just, I think it's going to be awesome. Again, it's another one of those games that's like die and repeat kind of game. <laughs> Why but, can't we get something else? But like, it. But the, here's the thing: the reason why I'm not worried about this game as much as some of the other games is that it's made by Arcane, yeah, who did this the Dishonored games, and the Dishonored games are already very like in this level kind of beat it however you want. And it seems like they're basically following the same script with this. It's just that you have to try and beat all the levels before you die. So, and there's like a, there's a kind of a, you know, an asterisk in there with like the counter assassin that's trying to sure, kill you. Yeah. But probably I think overall off. it looks really great. I love how it's like animated, but still very violent yeah, and like it's obviously very adult themed. Um, and again, like some of the some of the powers that they show the guy having are straight up ripped out of Dishonored, like the blinking ability. And yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. I saw that. Yeah. But uh, even so, I mean, I think that it's it's going to be pretty decent. I don't yeah. think it's going to be bad at all. And, and I, I'm actually looking forward to it. Are you going to pick um, it up? Do you think you're going to pick it up? Probably. I mean, we'll see. We'll see how it does. I mean. I'll be honest with you anymore. Like I very rarely pre-order games anymore just because, because I buy all my games digitally. I don't have to like, mm-hmm. it just it, like if, if the reviews come out and they show that it's a good game and I can look up information about it, I can download it right now. So like, I don't have to worry about it so bad, but I'll likely play this one. Yeah. I have to imagine that I'm going to play it. Yeah. And then uh, the state of play ended. So this is going to be a little longer of a podcast just for our listeners. We have some other stuff we still need to go over, but the, they ended with a big bang, Jake, uh, final fantasy seven remake is getting a PS five upgrade and it's going to be called Intergrade. So, I don't know th- this really struck the chord that they wanted it to. I mean, you well, Intergrade, I think Intergrade is the it's like the PS5 version but like with the expansion. The thing that blew me away yeah. was that I I didn't expect they were going to have any add-on content for this because it's the first part of a series of games. Yeah, like, I, this I is weird. It's really bizarre, to be honest with you. I mean, I'm excited, but it's it's bizarre. Hey, the whole thing's a little weird. And, uh, yeah, so it looks like if you own the PS4 version... did Am I wrong on this, but I thought you were getting Intergrade free? Or am I wrong on that? So, so here's the thing. And 
we had chatted. I, there was a, I think I saw in a news point here that you had about yeah, the, the PS5 upgrade. So the way that it works is that if you purchased the game, you can upgrade to the PS5 version for free. If you get the game on PS Plus, spoiler alert, the game is coming out for free on PS Plus next, this, this actually March, right? This coming month. Yes. If you get the PS Plus version, you have to pay for the upgrade. You can't upgrade for free, which is fine. I mean, you didn't pay for the game. So, like, why would you get the upgrade? So, then the intergrade is the expansion portion of it. They're not super clear about that in the trailer, and I don't even know if I'm 100% accurate on this. But I think that the intergrade stuff is, like, they were kind of combining, like, oh, this PS5 version with... But Intergrade is like the expansions the baked shit. into it. Yeah, it's like the Yuffie expansion, where it's like there's an expansion coming out where you play as Yuffie, which is a classic um, optional character in Final Fantasy VII. Right. Um, I'm excited for it. I will see if I pick it up. One of the things that I'm really excited about is that they're going to let you transfer your PS4 save to the PS5 version of the game. Mm-hmm. And because I already put 50 some fucking hours into this game, like I really don't want to start it from the beginning. But if there's going to be some save elements that are going to transfer into this like Yuffie story expansion, it's nice that I'm able to actually use my PS5 save. Yeah, um, yeah that is nice. Just being able to play it like it's 60 frames is going to be a huge thing because I don't know if you watched like the any of the comparison comparison footage. The graphics don't look all that much better like on the some PS5 version. Environmental effects and stuff, some lighting and stuff. Right, that looks a better. right. The biggest difference, though, was the the frame rate increase makes it look way smoother, which inherently makes it look better. But yeah, I I wasn't expecting this. I was expecting maybe a PS5 upgrade, but I was not expecting the expansion at all. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, I agree. Sorry, I'm just trying to light a candle here, and I'm failing miserably and creating a distraction. All right, it's back up. Sorry. Yeah, no, I agree. So, are you going to you didn't play Final Fantasy 7 remake, right? No, and this actually makes me want to buy it if it goes on sale here instead of getting it for free for the PS Plus. Well, I did see an article that said that it was being sold somewhere for 30 bucks, but yeah. I don't know where that was at. And that might have been a physical version. But Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, it's in my opinion, it's a great game. I think that it's a little long for what it is as far as like the, the the length of it. And I'm not like super thrilled with the way that they ended it. Like I just, I don't understand why they decided to shoehorn Sephiroth in spoilers, I guess. I mean, he's in a lot of the trailers, so I'm, I'm not really spoiling it too bad, but like, why is he in like in the main, the original final fantasy seven, like Sephiroth doesn't show up until like, halfway through the game right and this is just the very beginning of the game why i I don't know i mean i i I digress but it's a great game so i i do advise anyone play it i do think that it's better if you've played the original final fantasy 7 before you play this just because it it just pulls that much more out of it for you but 
I think that even if you haven't played the original Final Fantasy VII, it's worth, you'll still like it. It's worth or playing. maybe someone like yourself who played it a long time ago and doesn't necessarily remember the story, but you remember the game. Yeah. This will kind of bring it back for you a little bit. Yeah. It does I, I want to play kind it. Of bring it back. Yeah, I want to play it. I want to play it. But Smash Cut 2, the PlayStation Plus games have been announced for March. It looks like we're getting Final Fantasy VII Remake on the PS4. Remnant from the Ashes on the PS4. Maquette on PS5. And Farpoint for PSVR. Now, Sony did note, like we said earlier, the PS4 version acquired through PS Plus of uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake is not able to be freely upgraded to the recently announced PS5 version. I don't know anything about those other games. I'll definitely try them out, probably. I still haven't tried out that other one. We got a couple months ago, the RPG that we got. that looked kind of interesting. But... Uh, Apparently, th- Remnant is pretty good. Yeah, I heard it was good. I, and that Maquette is a PS5 game, so that that looks interesting. I, I don't know if it's going to be good or not. but And then I do have Farpoint. I don't have Farpoint, but I've wanted to play it, but I don't have the gun attachment for the PSVR. I haven't played my the PSVR aim control. You can't yeah. even buy it anymore. I mean, if you can find a, a used version, you can pick it up. I'm sure you don't need but- it. But it probably plays much that, better. I mean, from what I understand, it really made a difference yeah. playing with that aim controller. Apparently, it was awesome, and mm. I don't know why they just didn't make it anymore. Because it, it, it like after remember when Farpoint came out, and I'm really kicking myself in the ass for this. When Farpoint came out, it was a sixty dollar game, but for like eighty or ninety bucks, you got the game and the aim controller. Yeah. So. I'm really pissed that I didn't pick it up because now I don't have an aim control and I can't even get Nor one. Nor do I. But you don't even play PSVR anymore. But this was a game that I was actually interested yeah, in. that's true. It was just something I never picked up. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, speaking of PSVR, PSVR 2 was announced. Sony came out and they said, yo, dudes, uh, we're working on this thing. And uh, just to give you a little heads up, we haven't given up on PSVR. I think that's great news for virtual reality games. Uh, Sony wasn't really clear a while back about P- the, their... Uh, opinion of what virtual reality in gaming was going to be like, but it looks like they're going to do it. Now, the one thing that I do want to complain about briefly is that this headset is going to attach to the PlayStation 5 with a cable. So it's still cable. It's still cable. It has to. It would be so expensive. But there's no breakout box. The Vive Pro or whatever that is wireless is like a thousand dollars. Like mm. you, you, no, nobody is gonna buy a PlayStation yeah, peripheral. For I know, but bucks. can't we dream? Anyways, I, that's- I mean, you can. Yeah, you can. The thing that I'm excited about is they said that the you know the resolution is gonna be better. Everything is gonna be better about it. Yeah, and, he, and they did say that it's gonna be a single cable, not this big fucking harness that you got to deal with now, mm-hmm. which is kind of cool. Yeah, um, you know. This announcement was kind of un- unexpected and it was a little bit weird. Yeah. Like it would have been kind of cool to get. It's one of those things where it's like there wasn't enough there. I almost wish that they had just waited and showed a, like talked about a little bit more. That they, like maybe like maybe said like gave you some specs or yeah. something like that. I think it's in such early production that they don't really have anything right now. They they kind of alluded yeah. to that. They just said, hey, listen. It's not coming out this year. <laughs> it's not coming out this year. Don't get your hopes up. It's going to be a while, but we want to let you know that this is a thing still. We haven't. It given is cool. Up I'm glad they did that because they haven't. They've been silent on PSVR for a while now, yeah. and people are kind of wondering like, what the fuck's up with this thing? Because we haven't gotten it. If I'm not mistaken, we haven't gotten a VR game for PlayStation Plus in a long time. 
except for coming up here, Farpoint. Maybe they they announced this because they didn't want us to feel slighted on the on the free PS Plus Plus game. I don't Maybe, know. yeah. Can you play Farpoint? Do you know if they patched Farpoint so you could play without VR? I oh, God, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think you can. Hmm. But in rather unfortunate news, Jake, Japan Studio is disbanding. Um, and they're being reorganized, apparently, according to an article from Push Square. Team Asabi, which was also kind of pulled out of Japan Studio, is all that's going to remain as they continue to focus on our lovely Astrobot IP. And for anybody unfamiliar, Japan Studio did a lot of side missions, so to speak, with helping finish games like The Last Guardian. They assisted on Bloodborne. They did other uh, other. Uh, Giant games as well, but they never really had a good, strong release since like their PS3 days, if I'm being honest. Uh, they're responsible for games like Knack, uh, Gravity Rush. They were involved in these games, Freedom Wars, Astro's Playroom. And we just talked about the Puppeteer last episode, which is interesting. They did. They were involved in that. They did Tokyo Jungle, which we brought up on today's show. They did a game called Rain, uh, just to name a few. They've been really – they kind of were like the indie – Weren't they kind of like the indie like developer for Sony for a while? It seemed like all the cool little quirky games are coming from them. Well, they – yes, that's true. Japan Studio is, a, is sort of an unfortunate kind of thing because they always made good games yeah. that never sold well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it sounds like my music career. Yeah. Right? I make wonderful <laughs> albums when no one buys them. So, so like, you know, <laughs> Knack, the, the first Knack was notoriously mediocre. The second Knack was apparently better, but I don't think anyone bought it. Gravity what Gravity Rush was a was a cult hit. Yeah. But usually cult hits doesn't mean they're selling gangbusters. They're not usually profitable, yeah. And they made it they made a second one. And then Freedom Wars was a big game on the Vita, People but loved there it. are like there are like five Vitas in the wild, so they didn't really sell that many copies there. Astro's Playroom came out with the PS- Dude, the biggest thing they've got is the Astro stuff. The Astro stuff is like probably the biggest and best thing that they have. Puppeteer was amazing. To. The Puppeteer was really good, but that game didn't sell for shit either. No. Their no, art the direction was really of, good. Of, arguably, of all the games on this list, with the exception of Astrobot, the Puppeteer is my favorite. Yeah, I think I think a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. I really like Last Guardian, but they didn't develop Last Guardian. They they were like a you know they were out, outsourced some stuff to do for that game. I think they helped carry a lot of the weight of that. But anyways, that's kind of sad. Uh, you know, I I don't know. I I, I liked. The, I like the little gems that they did. I loved like they're always interesting. They weren't your cookie cutter games. They always did something weird, like that rain game. You were invisible, and you could see your character from wherever it rained on you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it was really interesting. See your footprints in the water and stuff. It was really they did a lot of creative stuff, and and they they were given a lot of uh, uh, room to be creative by Sony. You know, but uh, yeah, so be it. it it's happening. Um, they're pretty much done. But I am glad that Sony at least recognizes how awesome the Astrobot stuff is because it is really cool. It's becoming synonymous with Sony. Um, so moving forward, additional hard drive storage capability for the PS5. Now we're talking uh, the SSD storage is going to be – Hold on, hold on. Sorry. sorry. Yeah. Team Eco, yep, yep, which yep. did The Last Guardian, Eco, and Shadow of the Colossus, yes. was part of Japan Studio. 
Oh, interesting. Okay, so there you so, go. So probably the last Guardian single-handedly closed that studio. Ah, don't say that. Dude, I understand that you think that The Last Guardian is a great game, a great but it didn't game. sell very well. It didn't sell very well, and it took literally 15 fucking years to make that game. <laughs> yeah, so, you're right. Yeah. Just saying. No. Oh, ah, you can't just throw the just saying it out. All right. So <laughs> SSD storage capability for the PS5. SSD. Yeah. All right, uh, PS5, uh, yeah, so the, the SSD storage capability uh, for the 16th time as I'm going to just keep talking over myself. This is like a – even though this is the podcast, we're one of the most organized for Jake because we actually have a Google Docs that we both can read at the same time. I feel like it's the most haphazard shit that we're doing right now on the podcast. I just feel like it's a, we're running off the rails. We're a little – we're coming in sideways, so to speak. <laughs> Anyways, it's getting unlocked this summer. The ability to do that uh, per Bloomberg. And additionally, there's going to be upcoming firmware updates giving us the power to control the cooling fan speed, which is weird. Do you want to give that, that to the players? Seems problematic unless changing the cooling fan speed directly. Uh, basically, the only way I could see this working is if either A, the console has the ability to override the player's, yeah. basically their their setting, or B, whenever they set a cooling fan speed. You can only go higher. It, it literally, well, I was just going to say, it literally basically uh, nerfs the CPU so that it doesn't get too hot. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a Which weird, it's a weird possible. feature, you know, because I mean, the general public uh, shouldn't be messing with the cooling fan, you know. That's just a weird thing. Um, well, my guess is that there's probably like my guess is the simplest explanation. That probably what it's going to be is like right now, Sony's just like fuck it, run it full blast all the time, and yeah. they're going to basically be like, okay, well, we figured out that it has to be a minimum of this fast, and you know, it'll you be disguised. Yeah, it'll be disguised as energy save mode or something. Yeah, they'll give it some sort of this fucking is, title. Such a weird, like, why? Who cares? Like, why even give that to the player? Why even announce that? All right, so uh, Kenna Bridge of Spirits. We already talked about it. It's going to retail at forty bucks. We already talked about that. I'm going to skip that news point. Number seven, Outriders saw a lofty twenty-two gigabyte free demo hit the PSN store, uh, where you can play the entire prologue. This is interesting, but I don't know if I want to download twenty-two gigs to play a demo. I think I might download it because that's that's the shared service shooter from um yes sir that's it uh um, come on come on hit us with square the enix yeah square enix yeah i googled it so you, I, I don't want to take too much credit yeah but I it did look typing. i'm always like it looks fine you know what i mean like it's one of those things that like is it gonna be is it gonna beat destiny no is it gonna de- beat the division probably not but is it going to beat Avengers? It could because of the Avengers could didn't do it very be well. as good as Destiny? If gets Avengers, uh, no. could it get there? No, but it could be as good as the Division because, in my opinion, no, the, no the, way. The, the, the Division is a great game that I personally. I'm not saying that this is the same thing for everyone. That game to me is literally ruined by the UI. The, the user experience in that game, as far as the UI is concerned, is so fucking bad. It's confusing. Yeah. It's confusing. I never know what's going on. I can't find anything that I want to find in that game. 
But yeah. the moment-to-moment gameplay is incredibly fun. And the oh, actual, it's really like, it's, it's a great now game. Now that it's at I, 60, dude, it that, runs but. so good. All right, so moving on. Number eight, we're getting a little long in the tooth for this show. The the listeners are getting more than they paid for right now. I don't know. I might have to shut them off soon. There's going to be a TV fine. series based on Twisted Metal. Weird, maybe. But it would be really cool, Jake, if this were kind of like the Mad Max movie that came out recently. Where it was like really gritty and really dirty. Like really just like different. It could carry... There could be some teeth to it. What? What is it? So like, like you know all, the I mean? ca- so all the characters in Twisted Metal, right, had something happen to them. Right, and they sign up for this big race thing, this big dem- demo derby thing. It's like the cars with the guns and all the stuff. And Sweet Tooth is like the main bad guy, and uh, you know, he, well, he, maybe he's not the main bad guy, but he's like the face of Twisted Metal. He's like this clown that ri- rides around in like a candy or an ice cream truck. truck. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I could see it being having like some horror elements or like some like something like Saw. Imagine Saw. Where it's just like these people just wake up and he's like, you have to kill each other by riding in these cars. And like they, they go around. And they go, I don't know. It could be cool. Mad Max, like Thunderdome is what I'm thinking. That'd be but, cool. But I guess my my question is, I could see what you're, the concepts you're saying working as like a one-off movie. But TV like series. a continuing series, like how do you like – how do you do that? I, mean, I we'll see how it works. I mean, I don't know. Is this? I'm assuming this character development this, so probably right? not going to be a yeah slow character development. Uh, following different backstories, watching them get thrown into this crazy world of like racing and like the events called Twisted Metal it could be a mix of like remember the movie Running Man with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Where yeah. he was, you remember that? Where he was like a convicted criminal and like it was broadcast on TV and like it was all, it was like American Gladiator, but like if he could escape, he would earn his freedom back. <laughs> it was like right. the first, it was like the first Hunger Games, really. Arnold Schwarzenegger. And like it's such a crazy idea. I remember the guy with the hockey puck, like the goalie or something, would do the slap shot and like the, the, the pucks were like bombs that would blow up. And he's like trying to run and stuff and dive and like try to defeat these gladiators. And he actually had to kill him. And they would air it on TV. And this is this is a movie called the the what Running Man? Did I say Running Man? Yeah, yeah. So I could see Twisted Metal being something like that, where like they have this weekly freaking thing, and you have like these almost like Destruction All Stars. You have all these characters, and uh, it gets broadcast live in the, in the, this gritty world. They all tune in and they place bets on people, and there's seedy underground, and people maybe some of the riders, right? Some of the people who have the cars that go out and ride will like try to throw matches and stuff and they get involved outside of the outside of the arena and like i could see it kind of maybe working but they have to do it right i don't know yeah it could be interesting all right so i'm gonna shut up let's talk about new games coming out on the psn jake do you want to go through this list do you want me to read through all this crap uh so the 22nd of february which was this past tuesday so it'll be almost a week ago by the time the listeners hear this we've got azure reflections on ps4 uh the 23rd of february oh you got some weird things going on here okay so sorry about the that. 23rd of february you got blastful ps4 curse of the dead gods which i talked about which is awesome on ps4 death tales on ps4 and ps5 Horns Night on PS4, Persona 5 Strikers on PS4, which I am interested in, by the way. Yeah. I may or may not play it, but it's one of those games that's going to be like a million dollars. We had someone write in about this, yeah. 
So Persona 5 Strikers on PS4, Taxi Chaos PS4, we were here together and we were here too. What the hell is that? Like, is that really two different games or are they related? I have no idea. We Uh, were here together and we were here too. Like, T-O-O. Oh, we were here. Remember, we were here was the free game that came out, the co-op online game. This is part two and three. Okay. We got the free one first. Okay. Uh, So, and then the 24th, (laughs) we got Active Neurons 3, PS5, PS4, Heavy Metal Machines, PS5, PS4, Pumpkin Jack on PS4, Retrace Memories of Death on PS4, and Werewolf Apocalypse Heart of Ruin on PS4. Literally, I don't know what any of those games are other than... Curse of the Dead Gods because I'm playing it and Persona 5 Strikers. Well, there's another page. There's a lot of there's fucking... Another, dude, there's, there's a another l- fucking page? Do you want me to read it? There's a lot of yeah, games. Yeah, you, you take February 25th. All right, so guys, on February 25th, which was on Thursday, you're listening on a Monday, we have Aerie, A Journey Beyond Time, PS4, Angry Video Game Nerd 1 and 2 Deluxe on PS4, Bite the Bullet on PS4, Gods of Ammo guest on PS Vita only. That's weird. Hmm. Might Bizarre. fight Federation PS5 and PS4. NASCAR Heat 5 PS4. Ping Redux on PS5 PS4. Spooky Chase on PS4. The Five Covens PS4. That sounds spooky. The Lost Cube on PS4. There must be about like a Rubik's Cube that someone lost. Uh, <laughs> Turrock. PS4, we talked about this briefly on the last show, and Turok 2, Seeds of Evil on PS4, and then Upitergrad on PS4. Is that actually how it's spelled? That last one? I copied yeah. I copied it exactly from the Push Square listing of the new games coming out. Yeah. Upitergrad. Weird. Upitergrad. So, dude, that's all we've got for the show, everybody. We are at about an hour and ten minutes. And I hope that you guys have enjoyed the show. Jake, is there any parting words that you'd like to impart on our listener base? Do you want to say thank you? Do you want to tell them that you hope they're having a good day? Anything like that? I mean, what I want to say is essentially that I'm glad that people listen to the show. Yeah, that's very nice. I hope they're enjoying the video portion of the podcast. Yeah. I'd like to get some better lighting in this room so that my fucking video wasn't so terrible all the time. It's but okay. I'm doing my best. We deal understand. with it. Yep, yep, yep. And I am excited that we're... I'm probably going to do a... Uh, what are we calling that series? The Takeaway. The Takeaway on... Curse of the Dead Gods. You should. Um, because I think that it's worth it. It's a great game. Uh, I don't I don't know why I'm having trouble with names today. Yeah. You're really but, excited uh, about Curse of the Dead Gods at the beginning of the show. Like, you were really into talking about it. I'm excited. Yeah. I, I It's it's just one of those. I, I get really – it's been a long time, and I'm not saying that this is – I felt this way with uh, Immortals too, but, like, I – I was so kind of in a rut with games. You know what I mean? Like since the last of us part two, it was like playing these games and then it's like, Oh, I got this sale. So I just bought all these games that are five years old or something like that. And you know, it's, it's nice to like jump on a new game, be able to get into it, play it and be excited about it. And there's a lot of game. there, There isn't really a lot coming out in the next month or two. 
And then like May and June are going to be fucking psychotic as far as new games go. And we're probably going to be really busy because the weather's going to let up. So <laughs> right, but like you know, so I I'm really excited to try something new for the you know for the for this next do a takeaway week yeah whatever. yeah it'll be awesome but uh you know I, I i don't know i generally i've been trying to play more games and i think i've been succeeding in that so hopefully i can be a little yeah. bit more present yeah. in the conversation i appreciate it yeah and for the listeners you too uh, great man i don't have much else to say except that you know Doing the video aspect of the podcast has really taken a lot of extra time. The editing, the uploading, the scheduling, making it look half decent. So if you do listen on the podcast, if you listen to us and you haven't checked out the YouTube channel, I really want to encourage you guys to go check it out. And I know some of the stuff that I do on there probably isn't for everybody. I'm just doing simple trailer reactions for a lot of it. But the takeaway videos are really nice. And to to kind of watch the podcast you know, on, on YouTube is kind of nice. Uh, you know, I, I actually put one on the other day and watched it to see how the presentation was. And I think we've done a pretty good job. So in, in the way that YouTube works is, is the more subscriptions we have, the more it gets thrown to other people who may be interested. And the more, uh, likes or comments that we get on our videos over there, uh, just the same thing. The algorithm works in the in the show's favor, and you know I'm not. We're not doing this for any other reason, but it's a labor of love. Now, granted, it would be awesome to get to a point where we could have a thousand subscribers on YouTube, but I, I we're being realistic. We don't have a huge listener base, but we know you're out there. So, uh, my my last closing comment for the listeners are: seriously, please go check the YouTube channel out. Um, if you're interested at all, subscribe to the channel. Uh, I would like to get up to a hundred subscribers here, you know, maybe by May or June. That would be so cool. It would feel like it was worth our time. But it's youtube.com slash PS. This is awesome. And granted, it is nice to see Jake's uh, beautiful face while we podcast instead of just hearing his voice. So uh, there are some fringe benefits to it. Yeah, and his his death stare there over there. But yeah, so I guess we're going to let it go with that. Thanks for tuning in. And as always, the music at the end of the show may possibly be excluded from our YouTube channel for copyright reasons. So don't forget, you can download and or stream this episode as well as others on your preferred podcasting platform. And the closing track today is by a gentleman named Eric Oliver. He's a friend of mine. And he's been a big supporter of my music over the years. Eric writes really cool acoustic songs, and uh, they seem really honest. And I really like that about Eric. And, and he's a really good person. And he's donated a song called There's No Destination. And you can find more about Eric Oliver at ericoliver1.bandcamp.com. That's E-R-I-C-O-L-I-V-E-R-1, the number one. .bandcamp.com. He essentially, I think, is giving away his tracks. You can name your price. If you're interested and want to support Eric, that would be awesome. And don't forget, if you want to have your original music featured on the show, send an MP3 to us. You can email us at psthisisawesome at gmail.com along with your band name and the title of the song, and we will notify you when it goes live. So, thanks for tuning in. Like Elden Ring, everybody's golf. An evil West. P.S. This is awesome. awesome.
took like a year Longer than I should have to realize It took like a year to accept You don't always have to try There's not a reason why 